0: We want you to become an honorary Gosling. Join us. You'll get exclusive access to conversations and content that would otherwise get us banned from social media. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and selective writings. And check this out. You'll get to participate in our live monthly Discord chat and more if you join our exclusive Patreon following that we like to call The After Party. It only costs $5 a month, which is basically a cup of coffee, and it helps us make the show better. We love you guys and can't wait to see you there. Become an honorary goslings at patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today.
1: Typewriters, but then here's a note. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> do you, uh, do you, my, you have my birthday, my birthday? The Remington five, but it was the wrong Remington, so he had to go and buy me another one, which was the wrong
0: one. <laughs> yeah it's the wrong one he got you the wrong one so oh it's beautiful it's what a wonderful that's so thoughtful but it's actually the wrong one so we no, don't get the other one. it
2: by that much we'll,
0: add, we'll just add it to the collective i did yeah. want one of these yeah i wanted one of these anyways yeah,
3: yeah absolutely do you um natasha you mentioned having pen pals do you write them letters back and forth with typewriters is that yes uh-huh. yeah
2: that is so cool yeah yeah that's a great wow.
3: idea I mean, there's nothing like. Do you find, because uh, Nick and I talk about this all the time. Do you find that uh, your writing style changes when you, when you use a typewriter?
1: I feel like um, the typewriters. Each one inspires me differently. I guess that's right? cool. Um,
2: yeah.
1: You know, um, when I type on this one, I feel like I'm back then. Not necessarily 1920s, but it takes me to this time.
3: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: the story I'm writing right now they're in 1963 and um, so it, it almost and when I'm on the KMG same thing um, I'm writing a different story on that which is Kensington Island um, and that that's the one I'm going to start a screenplay again because I, I started screenplays and I didn't finish them back in the day they were on computer Yeah, but um, I would like to start another one on there um, of Kensington Island the story that I'm writing for one type page Okay. Um, but I, I stopped because I was like I want to do something else with that story but I don't know I, the point of it was um, each typewriter inspires me in a different way really yeah. Yeah. I feel like um, I can tune in better to those yeah. subjects yeah. now is that
0: something you're writing for NaNoWriMo or are you doing anything specific for NaNoWriMo or is
1: that yes just... uh huh I'm writing okay. the story um, The Courtship of Adrian and Lucinda which i'm also doing a little series called the marriage counseling series where the couple is getting marriage counseling but mm-hmm. the book that i'm writing about for nanowrimo that's a novel that i started i'm thousand words into it before nanowrimo you know okay. um so um but i need to finish it um it's okay. about their the start of their love affair okay. and their dating and all that because what makes it so strange is he's an orphan um, but he pulled himself out of that along with his friend to become a successful actor and model and stuff like that. And he, while he was an orphan, he heard Lucinda's voice on the Victrola in one of those foster homes he was staying in. And Lucinda is the, the wife in the story down the line. But so he fell in love with her as a child, basically. Um, yeah. And he grew up um and he said, you know what, I'm going to go see her because he used to see her at concerts and stuff, but he never met her in person. He said, you know what, I'm going to go. I'm going to meet her. I'm going to meet her.
2: <laughs> you know, <laughs> and
1: he he falsifies a ticket for a backstage pass to go see her, you know, in person and all that. He scribbles it up and the guy says, this isn't a real ticket. And they was like, you know, she said, well, I'll let one more person see me. I'll let one more person come here.' And um, that was him. And she met him and she was actually with someone else. Um, he's 11 years younger than she is, um, but they end up having a, a love affair. So, yeah.
3: You're giving me ideas for Rona Mitra and Ariana Grande. I just want to write this <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <let's see>. there, <laughs> is
1: there,
0: there is hope. There is hope.
1: Right, yeah, they, got, right. they, got, they, got, they got married in 1946. Um, okay. But by 1963, you know, because the age difference I and mean, then he's got issues, they're having problems. So yeah. they're trying experimental at the time marriage counseling in 1963
0: okay interesting very cool very very cool Well, i and
1: that's inspired by a real life couple i'll tell you that's fun. Uh, really, I, really? I mean, it's fun really we this on instagram yeah um the real life couple is again roger moore and he was married to a woman named um who was that woman he was married to in the 50s it was dorothy squires um she was a famous famous welsh singer at hmm. the time she's world famous and he yeah. was nothing at the time so <laughs> she was 13 years older uh older than he was really? and um, they were together for a time and um it was rough i was like and i said well what if they actually got marriage counseling that would be interesting you know, hmm. <laughs> yeah she used, to, she used to beat him he actually was beaten by a couple of his wives oh, you know wow. so in real life so he's got an interesting backstory you know if you get beyond all the, the fluff and Oh, he can't act, and all you know, all the stuff. They say, you know?
0: I bet he loved playing yeah. James Bond. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet he loved playing James Bond.
1: Yeah, he can act. Up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and then there's yeah, a picture from the from the Saint TV show. Is a the episode is called "The Arrow of God," mm-hmm.
2: hmm.
1: and um, there's an older woman in the episode who inspired Lucinda. Because he's oh, okay. standing next to her in the picture. And he's like, and that's my Adrian is, oh, I guess I gave it away. Roger's my Adrian. So mm-hmm. um he's standing next to the woman who's older. She's plus size because Lucinda is not skinny. She's, you know, voluptuous, like Mae West. She has that type Oh, yeah. So um she, you know, I said, what if they were the ones that were married? What if they, you know, it just, that's how the storyline just...
2: It that's cool. It was yes, like that's a creative
1: process. Right, and this picture mm-hmm. make it more different. So I'm sorry, that's my whole. Um, yeah, that's awesome.
3: Yeah. As a writer, do you find yourself just being overwhelmed with ideas, or are you able to stay on the straight and narrow with one, you know, one book idea at a time and just plow your way through it?
1: Oh, that's so hard because I have multiple ideas. Not when I was a member of a writer writing writers group real, mm-hmm. like, dedicated member. Um She told me, she said, because I was submitting books, you know, stuff that I started from back in 2013, 20. Yeah. You know, and she was like, some of your best stuff you left behind.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds about
1: right. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I mean, and next thing you know, I get an idea and I scribble notes. That's how I do. I scribble the notes by hand so I don't lose them. If I have yep. a domain, Sometimes I'll I wake up in the morning and I kind of daydream mm-hmm. with my eyes closed. Yes. That's a whole storyline. do that too.
2: Yep. And do you do that I, too? I was by
1: yeah. myself. I was like, "Does anybody else do this? Because that's another Absolutely. thing they tell you to do is try to find time to formulate your story. Try to find yes. time to get into the character. See yes. and you know, what, they would say, what they would do and all that. So that's my mm-hmm. time to do that. And so. Um I have to if I get it something I have to hurry up and scribble it down or I hurry up and put it on this phone in mm-hmm. the notes or yeah. my iPad. Yeah. And people saw me with my iPad one day um out typing. I was typing and I got the iPad over here. What what you doing with that? You know, what you doing with this iPad and these iWatches and all this I'm like Look. <laughs> I'm writing books. Back off. Yeah, I know. And you know, because they're they're there, the notes and stuff like that are yeah. fun is for this yeah I mean, I mean it may seem backwards to some people but you know really it should be I'm i used to pitch. carry
3: I, around these moleskin reporters notepads i don't think i've ever seen you without yeah. One. all the, yeah all the time i carried a uh, like in 2005 uh, the family went to prague in czech republic and i took uh, i took notepads with me and I mean, God bless them. Like they were all frustrated with me because you know you would be standing outside the astronomical clock or astrological co- or whatever it is, you know, and like St. Vitus Cathedral, mm-hmm. and they're wanting to go get dinner, and I'm sitting there scribbling, yeah, yeah. you know, or Taking like a tape in. recorder, oh yeah, or like a little mini cassette handheld tape recorder, you know. I mean, yes. just anything, anything you can get to get the idea down, it's mm-hmm. it's totally worth it. To yeah, have. you bet. You're not it
1: alone. It's a couple of times I've regretted it, um, and I was like, oh, I will remember that
0: no but you won't famous it, last words
1: it is it's like trying to grab
0: forget it. it as soon as you say that it's like trying to put
2: smoke
1: in
3: your pocket like you can't yeah. do it you That's know a what i mean beautiful like, like, just because and it's the same good. thing I've never you're,
2: heard That's good.
3: It, it really is it's just it's this ephemeral thing that if you don't put it down on paper it's mm-hmm. gone and yep. it's the same thing whenever you're um whenever you're lying in bed i do the same thing where As I'm drifting off to sleep, you know, I'll be thinking about something or when you wake up, you start thinking about something and you just relax and let the ideas come to you. And then and then be sure to get them down on paper somehow, Mm -hmm. whether it's the voice memo function on your phone Mm -hmm. or the auto dictation software, you know, or Mm -hmm. I mean, I've sat there with a laptop, you know, just furiously typing away Mm -hmm. at like six o'clock in the morning, you know, sitting in bed. (laughs)
0: Yeah, just trying wow. to get this
3: weird dream down that I had, you know. Mm. Before it's it's cause it's also slippery. Yeah it,
0: just, yeah, it just slips away. And the longer you wait, the the, the, the cloudier it gets. It does. You lose, yeah. things,
3: you know. Yeah. So you need
1: to think of it all over again. You're you a true know, writer, Natasha. a little bit. Um, you only get a little bit of what you thought of when you. Yeah, what you had, it. you know. You're like, dang, it's all watered down now.
3: Yeah, yeah it's like being handed a million dollars, and then by the time you actually get around to it, you have like a couple grand left. You know, it's just that's how it feels if you don't get it down quickly mm-hmm. because what mm-hmm. you're left with is just so tiny. It's morsels yeah. compared to it. So, yeah. yeah, you're not
0: alone. You're not alone yeah. at all
3: on that. We're, we're totally with you.
0: <laughs> I have a question for you. You have a – I remember seeing an Instagram post where your daughter is playing on one of your typewriters. Oh, cute. Yeah, that was 14 and she's, I think, in your book. I think you say the
1: new one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. She was doing a later one. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. I your she, so
0: she's like, she's roughly, my daughter's nine. And I think she's roughly the same age your daughter well, Yeah, she's 11 she's now. 11 now. Okay, at
1: the time she's 11 now. Um, she was not, well, it was started. But it took, you know how, how traditional publishing can go two years before you even yeah, see yeah. it. Yeah, And that's average from what mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. yeah.
0: So does your, um, it's just kind of a twofold question. Does your daughter like typewriters?
1: Uh, I asked her that question and she gave me these exact words today because I wanted. I was like, "Well, what do you always says this." She said, "You're obsessed with typewriters, but I think they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. <laughs> You're obsessed with them, but they're cool. You know? You're like up here,
3: mom, and I'm like down here." You know? <laughs> that's like you're really like cool. level 20 and i'm like level five so you know so if uh if, if uh
1: she does binary codes on them and also she also does um cool. really?
2: uh,
1: her notes she'll type her notes on the tutor that sears tutor i told you about that's the only time oh, yeah. i would let her play with um yeah
0: <laughs> that's awesome so let's say one of her friends came over mm-hmm and a uh, new friend and she walks into the room where all your typewriters you have 40 typewriters there and she and she's like why do you have all these typewriters what would you tell her friend that makes type like you you could tell her friend one thing about the typewriter and why it's cool and special and why yeah. she should think about being interested in one what would you tell Where's her this, yeah. that's so
1: easy, if it wasn't for the typewriter, you wouldn't have your QWERTY keyboard for your cell phone and True. your little iPads and your little, yeah. um, you wouldn't yeah, have good, you, know? you wouldn't have any of that. The typewriter started that. And please think about things that have lasted as long as a typewriter does. I mean, a typewriter will outlive I mean, every I, laptop. Morbid, but, you know, you have to stop. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it will yeah. outlive my cameras, everything, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Not my yeah, film cameras. I don't know about that. But... <laughs> Well, oh, this one okay.
0: right here, this this little Corona three, mm-hmm. it's over a hundred years old. I found it in an antique wow. store about four months ago.
2: Yeah, and it yeah. worked
0: when I found it. Yeah. It still works. Oh, I had to reattach the carriage string.
1: That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Yeah,
0: and yeah, it still I functions got
1: too. I got a twenty four one though, nineteen twenty four, and I had to do the carriage string. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. the only
0: thing. I didn't have to replace the carriage string. I just had to oh, reattach okay. it. I, just re-attach-
1: re-attach. I it. Yeah. See, I had to replace it. Yeah.
0: They're so durable. You know? I, I can't. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. What a fine. For it to
1: be a folding typewriter—that's amazing. What's that? We would for it to be a folding typewriter. it's amazing that they still. Yeah. Oh them. yeah.
2: That's yeah. Right. You know, they, yeah. You know they, yeah.
1: they were slamming them. They had to be. You know, the reporters yeah. out there. I know mm-hmm. they were
2: slamming them. I know. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they, they were. were. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mad at their. And, and it's funny
0: because in the in the in, in the antique shop where I found this, when I took it to the mm-hmm. front desk, I did this. Yes, and I asked if you know the it, it doesn't have the plate that covers this, yeah. and so when I brought it to the front desk and I said, "Do you have the plate that covers this?" and when I opened it up, they went, oh, "I didn't know what? it." I didn't know it's it like it a transformer. That. You know, <laughs> what is this Megatron you brought to I'm us? Like, you guys have no idea what your you Selling have no your, idea what you have in your store yeah. and how special this is. I will give you a whopping twenty-five bucks for this machine, <laughs> like
1: you wow, tell you me out
0: the maybe you even 30 it. out the door
1: <laughs> yeah i, I, I here. Here. Yeah, mine came with the book it came with the case it came with all that stuff so we have fifty dollars for month but
2: yeah That's you got
1: right. you got it. yeah <laughs> i did yeah
2: well, i really didn't did. end up
0: i didn't end up paying that they saw the greedy twinkle in my eye well, and we every, settled it yeah. around eighty dollars and i was oh, like I'll take, sure. I'll take it
2: yeah, i'll cool. take yeah, it i'll cash let's go and it worked
0: yeah
3: you rarely you know if you can get a typewriter up and running it's almost always worth the money
2: yeah you know
3: i mean it's we've all had that experience like i have a remington world war ii field desk typewriter that's so cool you know it's cool but like it's it's not worth really repairing i mean i paid a whopping 60 bucks for it like whatever. but you know so we all like have that i think nick's got at least one or two that you know were kind of duds i know you're yeah i think your first couple were duds as well natasha you know and it's like everybody kind of has those stories it's almost like being a gun owner and it's like as you know you have at least one gun you regret selling or trading off mm-hmm. you know yeah. and it, it's the same thing but but for the most part like you never want you always want to encourage people or don't let people get discouraged about getting into the typewriter game because it's like dude for the amount of money you'll spend you know yeah. like you're gonna have an awesome unique experience yeah
0: you know and there's nothing like it and i let my kids play on them you know they yeah, actually love them. he got them a royal he found a royal quad deluxe oh, yeah. for them and gave it to him for christmas yeah, for and like
2: 60 bucks yeah and
0: we homeschool too so when they want to like yeah, write something or type too. something i'm like do it on your typewriter you don't have to hand write any book reports just type it you have a typewriter Ooh. go for it they love it and now they're, like, learning, like, Morse code. They're learning Morse code, and they're doing, like, Morse code on the typewriter, and it sounds so
3: cool. Just like the KGB. It's so yeah. fun. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I'm, to, I'm, I'm building up little spies right now. It's fun. It's really fun.
1: Yeah, I'm homeschooling now, too. I mean, because Are of COVID. you coaching. really? Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Good for I, you. Until, I mean, now they have the vaccine out, and I don't want to yeah. get into that controversy. But yeah. um, eventually she'll go back, but I want to make sure she goes back safely as all. Well. Yeah, yeah, understood. Understood. Sure.
0: Well, homeschooling is no small task.
1: You know. No, it's not. At and first, uh, I, was gonna up. I was like, hey, I guess I'll take my chance. <laughs> we're like, not going to work. This is not going to work. And then by day three, she was independent. She was doing her work and all that. I was like, oh, thank God. We got through that. We got through that. <laughs> yeah,
0: we can survive. I was, gonna send
1: them over there. I was like, Paul, oh, we're going to have to send the back.
0: <laughs> yeah there's I've, I've heard that a lot too because you know we, we've homeschooled since day one that was kind of the plan we got married when we have kids we we're going to homeschool yes and yes. uh yeah you they're know, used to it they're broken yeah we, we are <laughs> uh, but but we have heard that over the past you know year and a half yeah. people that have said you know what the school situation the public school situation is kind of untenable right now we're going to go ahead and homeschool our kids and they're worried yes. about you know are they going to be able to keep their kids on track you know yeah. and, and they're surprised yeah. that their kids are like i kind of know what i have to do and they just they just do it. They kind of know what's expected
1: of them. She knows what time. She said, Mom, you don't have to tell me what time it is. You don't, because I have my alarm set. Yeah, where, yeah. Hey, It's this time. You don't have to tell me. And it was so funny. A few day, days now, she's like, she hears the alarm on my phone. And I just don't say nothing. I just sit. She'll say, don't tell me what time it is. I know what time it is. It's just this little voice. Like, I don't know what time it is. That's great.
2: She's 11. Is that right? She's
1: 11, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that age, yeah.
0: Well, scary. the cool thing about homeschooling that she's exper- <laughs> you guys are experiencing that she doesn't get to experience public school is that she can kind of just take charge of it herself. She can yeah, take it charge. It's, it's her very time. Like self actualizing. Yeah, I'm gonna go. It. At, I know what time it is. You don't have yeah. to tell me. I'm gonna knock it out. That's yeah.
1: really that it is really cool. It's character right. building. It makes her independent. It does. I love yeah, it. yeah. My boys, you know, they're grown. Um, one is. 25 he's here with me because he didn't want to live in Arkansas he didn't want to stay at arkansas so he in, um, when he was done with school so he's 25 and um i have a son that's 23 and he still is in little rock okay. um now when you talk about somebody coming in and seeing 40 something typewriters he did recently come visit me and saw all these typewriters he was like oh wow you know he was <laughs> You know it's like,
3: uh, that, mom uh, mom's had
2: a psychotic. And, like, and I
1: started talking to him about him explaining stuff and he was that's when he was like, Oh, okay, cool. Then he drifts right over there to the big Mac over there and <laughs> working on that instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. That's problem. Problem. And you know, but I, I just I do wonder what are they gonna do with these when I leave because I don't want anything to happen. But you know, I do have a type-out event coming um on the 20th okay. so i may be willing to trade or sell at that point a couple a few you know maybe a couple of um i don't yeah. but if if they approach me about the wrong one like this one <laughs> i'm not gonna let that go but yeah speaking of that i just worry sometimes like what what's gonna happen here you know because they're not interested at all like <laughs> we need to
0: organize something like that we need to type out here in, in spring hill or maybe have a type in maybe yeah. have it
1: here you know, yeah, in the in the, in the lounge, yeah, yeah. that'd be kind, that be cool, yeah. man. See, I want to type in, but when yeah. I reached out to the library, they said that they, you know, due to COVID, they couldn't do it inside. Yeah, That's yeah. why I named it a type out. No, yeah. And Where, are you, guys Where are you guys doing it?
0: Where
3: you guys doing
1: it? And stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Not text, but you know. What I'm well, it's gonna be this. I guess you call it a tent, and then you got uh, portable tables and chairs and stuff like
3: that. cool. Yeah, Yeah. set up a pavilion with some portable. That's awesome. That's a good idea. That's awesome. Get the word out. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: I love the public's reaction when they see somebody using a typewriter.
3: Oh, it's a moth to a flame. It's the most like alluring thing for people. Everybody's interested. Yeah. Yeah. People always think that's cool. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah. It's like street magic. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, it really yeah. is. It's like street magic. Yeah, exactly. They cool. they know it exists, yeah. you know, and they yeah. just want to get an up close look. Mm-hmm. Maybe just try it themselves a little bit and you see know, what you're writing. It. Like,
1: yeah, it's yeah. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that's like, why well, you uh, did that. I was typing at the park. Yes, look at me weird. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> and then oh yeah, yeah and i want to photograph them. Yeah, but other than that, hey, there was a great there.
3: picture on your Instagram of you outside doing some. Some public I love typing. that picture. Yeah,
0: that's a great. Yeah. A
1: black and white
0: one? I think so. Yeah, it's black and white. Yeah, yeah. black and white well,
1: one. Yeah, uh, Paul took that of me through infrared. That's why I looked weird, you know, because infrared gives you a ghostly appearance. Oh, um, cool. Infrared, well, all right. Yeah, it actually softens your skin so you don't look so old, too, you know.
0: Um, <laughs> I got to remember, you know, remember that. that I remember that. that.
1: that yeah. you, yeah. But um, yeah, that's yeah. what it took me. I was like, I like that picture. I'm going to put it up, even though, you know, I was like, well, I'm a little self conscious about certain things. But I was like, I like that. I'm going to put it up. I don't so. Picture. Yeah, because it catches me in the moment, you know. So. Yeah,
3: candid pictures, man. It's so yeah. Especially something like that with something uh, yeah. unique about it, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It's character building. It's yeah,
0: really neat. It was, it was, you know? Yeah, it was well done. It was very yeah. well done. Thank well, you I'll you, tell you, me. you have answered all of my questions. I don't know if you have any questions left. Um, my only other
3: question was uh, uh, I'm interested in, like, your steampunk fashion stuff. That's something that like, you know, steampunk is cool. Like,
0: yeah, steampunk I've been
3: uh, I remember playing uh, a computer game called Thief the Dark Project back in like the late 90s, which was like one of the OG steampunk Mm -hmm. sorts of things. So I've watched the steampunk movement like, you know, crescendo and ebb and Mm -hmm. flow and come and go. But like, I'm curious, is there a correlation between uh, between like steampunk and um, and cameras, and then typewriters, and is it like an overall motif that you find yourself drawn towards, uh, or are they all like their own little separate thing that you're into for different reasons? Separate thing
1: because I, I was always into antiques and like antique furniture, antique yeah. everything. You know, um, when I saw steampunk for the first time, I was watching this show um, on. There's one of those shows where they talked about strange things. It was mm-hmm. this—I don't know if you remember—it's a store in New York that sells um, odd things. I think it was odd something, odd, something odd, oddities or something. They okay. sell um, spiders in a jar and junk like that. Oh if, yeah, like Ripley's yeah.
3: Believe It or Not kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah. people came in dressed in steampunk gear, like they were all in this 1700s, 1800s gear. Uh-huh. And, um, but it was new, like new old stuff they were yeah. wearing. And um, that's how I got in touch with that. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Typewriters, how they ended up, how I learned about certain things with how typewriters tie into steampunk, people, and I hate this, but they take the keys in certain yeah. parts of the typewriter and make it part of the outfit or make it jewelry. Mm. Mm-hmm. oh okay i've seen I that no i wasn't even into typewriter I, I, yeah. I made my own or i bought little trinkets and stuff from um hobby lobby that was vintage yeah. um and then i made my own jewelry i made i mean all i made my hats i did all that um put in the holes in it with the grommets and stuff oh
3: yeah
1: uh-huh None of my stuff had anything to do with typewriters but apparently you can um some people make the little necklaces out of typewriter pieces. So that is tied into typewriters can be tied into Steampunk. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think uh, Richard uh, Polt talked about that in his, Mm -hmm. uh, in his book typewriter revolution, where he showed Mm -hmm. like some pictures of some people who had like incorporated typewriters into like, almost like a a matrix style kind of computer, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you can do a bunch of cool stuff, like a bunch of cool art projects. If you got like some old, you remember those old Christmas uh, oil lamps, that you could hang on your tree that were like bubbly. They they plug in and they oh, just yeah, got like some yeah. oil and they bubble up. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You do like yeah, some yeah. little stuff like that, you know, incorporate them with typewriters and like there's just a whole like awesome art hmm. scene. I think yeah. that could be built around that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Steampunk is cool. You know, like mm-hmm. I unashamedly love that's Steampunk. Pretty. So yeah, that's awesome. Natasha, you are fascinating. you so yeah. totally
1: cool. thank you. Yeah, thank you. yeah. Well, I'm proud the Steampunk. A couple of my pieces went to the museum. Um, Are it they went, really? um it went okay hold on let's the antique automobile club of america the antique okay. club, automobile club of america which is in really? pennsylvania um, they saw my work and said hey we want you in there and um so i was like what okay because they're doing their first steampunk installation and i think it's their last i don't know how well it went really? so they did go to it but it was their first one and um, the lady, you know, we brought my stuff up there. We drove all the way up there, put it in. It was in there for, from June to November sort of thing. Um, it was just a few months and um, she mailed it all back, but, um, and it was great. You know, I was in there. Um, I put pictures up that Mark Harbin took. Mark Harbin, if you still watch. Mark, <laughs> you know, of, of my steampunk work and stuff like that. And um, I got into that, yeah. It was the museum where um, Whitney Houston's cars in there cool, um, cool. First, all of the first automobiles are in there i was hoping really? jay Meno was gonna be around there but i don't think he ever showed up <laughs> <laughs> We're like him and his cars um but awesome. yeah so my work my steampunk dresses ended up there and that's the pinnacle of my steampunk career right there was being able to be in a museum like that and it's you affiliated with um smithsonian so yeah wow that's yes. awesome
3: do you still do steampunk fashion
1: I don't sew at all right now because I don't have a space and I lost down a big deal recently because my old choir director wanted me to make, um, their formals. Um, but oh. I don't have a space to work in anymore. You know, when my oh. CEO moved home, he, um, he took that space. He had to, and there was no place yeah. for him to go. So yeah. my stuff, all my stuff is up there. <laughs> all my sewing, ma- Cause I, I collected sewing machines. Like I collect typewriter. Only oh, I don't really have sewing machines, but, um, yeah, I have a sewing machine from the 40s that works perfect. How cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Beautiful yeah. Thing, yeah. That's so, awesome. Um, that's, I collected those like that and collected cameras. Paul will tell you if he's, I don't even know if he's in there talking. But yeah, you <laughs> 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 got, got cameras. You got all this. I was like, hey, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your,
0: what's your favorite camera that you own?
1: Ooh, it's the Kiev 88, which is ironic. Um, because it's a knockoff Hasselblad. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you're familiar. I'm but not. It's, no. it's an old Russian camera that was a knockoff of the Hasselblad. And Hasselblad is very, very expensive. But for the really? price I've paid for having four Kiev 88s now, <laughs> I could have bought the Hasselblad. An actual, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. The Kiev 88 is a medium format box t- sort of camera. And yeah, it has okay. the most beautiful lens action i mean Boca are you familiar with Boca boca uh, Where uh, that sounds in.
3: familiar yes yeah it's
1: gorgeous Bo- i mean people put it down because it's just it's Russian built you know and so Russian Russian cameras apparently back then didn't have or now I don't hey know. Yeah. they uh, made the AK 47 and that's pretty awesome
3: so that's yeah. true
1: so yeah, yeah I, I love my Kiev 88 and I also love my twin lens reflex my TlR uh yesshika.
2: Oh okay. Yeah. I'm in the
1: picture with you know with the camera right? <laughs> um, But yeah, as far as vintage camera, those are my two favorites. I like the Nikon F three. Yep. That's right, because it has the you can look down in it like you do the um Kiev eighty eight and shoot pictures.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. got that top side viewfinder. Yeah. That,
1: yeah. So yeah. I like that. cool.
3: The F twos cool. I don't think I don't offer that. that.
1: My my most favorite, favorite, favorite cameras to use on a regular basis, though, is the um What's it called? Oh man, I'm a. I feel bad now that I'm done. As far as with the M, Leica um, took their um, Minolta. Minolta, thank you. Yes. Yeah. Leica took a lot of their um, camera. What do you call it? Um, they use some of their ideas or whatever for their cameras from massive
3: Minolta. patent infringement.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Minolta XG one. Um, okay. Those are beautiful too. M- beautiful cameras to
3: shoot with do you um do you develop
1: r4 but the lens that that's with it i don't like much so i need to get another lens which is not cheap because like really
3: yeah Yeah. you know i never replaced my nikon f2 uh in 2010 after i lost it because uh wolf camera shut down Mm -hmm. and Um, there was um and that was that was like the only place i ran uh ilford true black and white um, oh, yes, 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 you know right like yeah. ilford was awesome and uh and it has that sharper more chromatic look to yes. it feel to it than uh, than like the standard stuff that's just decolorized you know mm-hmm. but the problem is walgreens uh cvs none of the places that you would go to take actual film would develop true black and white um so mm-hmm. it sounds like you have some manual SLRs, some 35 millimeter slr's do you develop them yourself, or do you have somebody that you send them to to get developed?
1: I had a guy um, who I sent him to. I, did, I don't do it here myself, even though Paul has darkroom experience. He, he did all this back in his day. Cool. Um, but he, as far as the chemicals and stuff, he doesn't want that in the house, you know. Because, oh sure. Um. So we don't. We don't even have room for that anyway. So yeah. I have to send them to somebody to have it done. Yeah. I have um. The guy I used to send them to. He moved to. Ohio now, so oh, wow. um, tried someone else and I had a very bad experience. I have that experience on Instagram. Ooh, uh, it was bad. I never had nobody yell at me like that before. But, really? You I mean, mm. no know,
3: <laughs> who are they? What are their names?
1: <laughs> they messed <laughs> up. You know, and um, it was Ilford. God. It was Ilford black and white film. You know, yeah. um, and then I had color, which was Fujifilm color. They yep.
3: save the color, but they destroy my black and white. Oh, jeez! Yeah. Uh, there's nothing like it. I always felt, uh, you know, what's weird? I started. You might have seen this before, Natasha. Um, uh, but uh, I got into my grandmother's typewriter in 2005, and then a couple years later, I got my Nikon F2 Photomic and started taking you know manual 35 millimeter by the way i hated the 50 millimeter lens the 35 millimeter lens is awesome i could never get the 50 millimeter lens to work for me it always felt like too i think maybe you just get used to the 35 millimeter but the 50 millimeter lens just felt like too truncated for me
1: i i'm sure
3: you could teach me how to like you know appreciate the 50 millimeter (laughs) but uh
1: that's what i started with was a 50
3: 50. did you really
1: yeah, that's the first lens I got. Yeah, and then the thirty-five millimeter, which is great, like you say, it's yeah. just it's, you know, as far as artistic action, thirty-five millimeter, and some people probably debate me on this. It doesn't have the artistic factor to me, like a fifty would with the bokehs, and the, it has more. Oh, I don't have a word for it. it. It's just something about the thirty-five. It seems like it's it's still a wide like lens. You it know what is. I mean? Yeah. Yes. Um it's it can be it can distort and also yeah you can see too much of the background in a 35 millimeter lens. Yeah. I want my background to kind of fade out a little bit. And that's you know
3: that are, was the, the difference. Point. I liked mm-hmm. the more the more wide angle cinematic scope to the 35mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yes. I wasn't used to how like in my mind how like hyper focused the 50 millimeter was but you like yep. the 50 millimeter because it didn't yeah. it didn't create what like as much distraction with revealing right. the background in the, in the
1: ground, yes See, that that's makes- why i love the key 88 lenses because it killed the background yeah so in my um in my um youtube account actually actually the results of all my kiev 88s are in that youtube account it oh, looks pictorial cool. list pictorial pictor- yes pictorial where they made pictures blurry on purpose
3: yeah <laughs> uh, yeah like, like the instagram filters cool. that we all use nowadays Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: That's uh-huh. what they, they come up like and what's crazy is i read about pictorialism i'm sorry i gotta get into this um from <laughs> I uh, watching before. Pinterest about it and um people didn't like the new cameras coming out people didn't like photography and all that they were scared of it i guess because yeah. they had their artists that paint and all this so mm-hmm. the um what they did was when it while they were taking a picture, they kick the tripod on purpose to make it blur, make the picture. No okay. Like yeah, you can look it up and see. Yeah. Wow. It would kick it on purpose so they would have that blue. I was like, man, that's crazy. That's how you get
3: that blurry effect. Yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, but, you, um,
1: but yeah. Oh, you need some. I'm sorry, my son needed some. You need something? Okay on the floor so you won't disturb me. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Good kid. A but um yeah. A he, little but um, awesome. he, um, th- yeah so they kicked the camera uh, tripod on purpose to um get that effect. That's yeah. so
3: funny.
0: Uh, oh, that's what that's that must be the exclusive camera for taking pictures of Bigfoot.
3: Yeah, that's a Bigfoot camera. <laughs> yeah. Because it's <laughs> always blurry. It's always <laughs> blurry. Yeah. It's like that Mitch Hedberg joke. Like, what if the scariest thing about Bigfoot is that he's blurry in real life? <laughs> what if he's really just blurry? <laughs> he probably speaking is speaking of which, so like that actually funnily enough, that actually circles back to like what I was gonna ask you. You you like stuff from you know the 40s and 50s and 60s. This was in the 70s, so it's a little late, but I got into like typewriters and manual SLRs around the same time that I uh, that I rediscovered Colchak the Night Stalker with Darren McGavin. Have yeah. you ever seen this show? No.
1: Uh, what Colchak?
3: You say Colchak, right? Colchak <laughs> with Darren Cole. McGavin, the dad no. from uh, A Christmas Story. No. So, like, no. it only ran for like one season. And he was a uh, he was a, a journalist who worked for like some tiny little newspaper in Chicago. This was in like the early seventies, early to mid seventies. Sounds good. And it it only ran for one season. And he was like this bumbling kind of like proto uh fox molder x-files kind of like he didn't mean to like run into like swamp monsters and vampires (laughs) and jack the ripper but he Mm -hmm. always did and he's always like wearing a seersucker suit and like Mm -hmm. running around with his little camera and typing his little reports on his typewriter (laughs) that's awesome uh, dude kolchak kolchak k-o-l-c-h-a-k the night stalker You got to check it out. You you probably would love that show. I, I watch it like every two or three years. I'll burn through. They only did one season.
0: I love that guy, though. I love Darren McGavin, man, the dad yeah. from the Christmas story.
3: Yeah. But if you're if you're like into it's got that early 70s kind of like fun mod feel to it of, you know, and he's kind of a dork, you know, so like like he's not an action man. guy at all. So, but he, he runs around with his little camera, you know, and he's always typing his stuff and it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's very
2: gratifying. So, anyways. Yeah.
3: You might enjoy it. So,
0: well, let me ask you this. Uh, we, we uh, normally towards the end of the live stream, we do typewriter one-offs. Oh yeah. Um, I type something, Jonathan types something. We're going to yep. take turns reading it. Did you have anything that you wanted to, that you typed or wrote that you'd want to read for the one off or no pressure. We always
3: leave it open to the guest if they want to. I don't think any guest has actually taken us up on this yet, though.
0: Adam has. Oh, Adam, Adam does. Adam yes, did, that's yeah. right. Adam, Adam has did.
3: our narrator. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, um, if there's nothing you want to read, that's okay. But if you do have something, I would love you to hear a sample Natasha. of your writing.
1: Um, I, let me think of something that I had. Um, it's a one page though, right? Just one page. One, <laughs> one, one well, page, two page. I, I mean, break that
3: rule a lot. Natasha, something short, I'll tell you right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no because it, it, it's like uh when you do the one-offs they're like a one-page story isn't it it's not a continued story right it could be a,
0: it could be even a chapter or, or a excerpt. snippet of a story that you're writing i've done excerpts before yeah from, you've done excerpts yeah, yeah. from my
3: various yeah. books
0: yeah it could be a rant a journal entry it could be <laughs> anything. usually rants yeah, yeah just really? anything
3: <laughs> yeah you don't have to. We could always do it yeah, next time. I'm, just,
1: I'm thinking of something, but I have this thing I, I typed up once for Typewriter Club Live. It was the um it was the haunted typewriter. Uh, it wasn't haunted. It was something. Um, oh goodness! It was the um. Oof. Well, it was about a typewriter that um a family well that someone found in the attic. The fortune-telling typewriter, yes. The fortune-telling typewriter. That sounds cool. That sounds cool. They found it in the attic, and the thing just started telling them about themselves. It just started. Oh, that's awesome. There's a a Royal Ten in the attic, and it just started just saying stuff. That's pretty cool. I can read a page from that. Let me go get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, man, that'd be fantastic. That would be fantastic.
1: A Gosling's
0: exclusive. Yes, this is awesome. That'd be fantastic. I did. So mine is like, I did it on the little uh, Royal mm-hmm. Ultra Portable. The uh, cute little signet back there. And it's double. It, it, it's huge font. That and is, it's yeah. super wide double space. This might be the first this is three the, page. Oh, now I've you know, see, this is
3: an exercise in irony because I can see I can see Nick Pucker every time. I pull out my typewriter one offs because a it's always, it's always like, it's always more than one page. Like I am clearly breaking the rules every time, you know, and I know I am because it's my lack of discipline. You know, it's it's a character flaw in me. And so here comes Nick with a three pager.
0: Yeah, it's but I read fast. So it's okay. Yeah,
3: sure. What? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever you, whatever you need to tell yourself. All right, sure. I, you know. if
0: I had known Sean Connery was going to be a recurring name in this, I would have written oh, something yeah. to read in my Sean Connery yeah, accent. So
3: Nick's got a pretty spot oh, really? on Sean Connery.
1: Yeah,
0: I love Sean Connery. He's yeah. great. You Nick, know, he this might, movie. he might be my male muse. I don't know. I think
3: he
1: is. He was my yeah. first male muse, actually. When I really? started, pretty good. 15-year itch. He's the lead guy. I mean, I know this is this is crazy, but um, he is in the book because, you know, in real life, there was some type of um, competition between him and Roger for real. Like, you know, even though they were cool, yeah. Yeah. but, you know, it was rumored that they wanted Roger's bond back then, but they picked Sean instead, and Ian Fleming didn't really like Sean because he thought Sean was too brutish, and, you know,
0: you're right. Yeah. Uh, so Roger Moore came after Sean Connery, right? As far did, as the James Bond. Yeah. Okay.
1: But yeah. They, was they asked Roger first, but Rogers denied it. You know, but they wanted Roger first, but they did ask Roger in 1968, for real. But he, uh, 69, 68, 69, but Roger was busy with the Saint. He had already filled out a, a contract for the Saint that year. so it went to that guy who did it just once, that James Bond once. You know, who I'm talking about, the, the Australian guy
3: uh oh um oh man i do i know the guy i can see his face i don't remember no, uh, ladies
1: um our um queen our majesty's uh, secret service
3: yeah oh, would have
1: been roger moore but roger oh, was signed God. up with the same you saw so, this name too yeah. I forgot his name too. I'm ashamed that I don't know because
3: I'm I know, a- me too. Yeah, because he's like the infamous Bond.
0: Uh, Adam, Adam Burrow comes to the rescue. George, George Lazenby. yes,
1: that is. Thank,
2: thank you, you, Adam. Thank you, know, our, thank you Adam. Our
3: English narrator, of course, is going to know. Yeah, <laughs>
1: who the, I'm the I it. but Mark it was his name. Mark is, is um, Sean Connery is Mark in my book. Oh, cool, cool. fantastic. Right.
2: More.
0: Yeah, so when you were writing the characters, yeah, did you hear? Thank you, Adam. When yeah. you were writing the characters, could you hear Sean Connery's voice and Roger Moore's voice mm-hmm. as you were typing? Were you kind of imagining that?
1: I do have to put their voices in. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I love that. hear the voices of the, even the wives, all that stuff. I have to, yeah. I hear Roger's voice every time I'm typing is a character that's inspired by him. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, like, that's, that's method, method writing, isn't it? Especially since I've, I've read his biographies and all that stuff. Some of the stuff sounds like something he would say or do. Or whatever. That's
3: one of the beautiful things I've really appreciated about our narrator, Adam Burl, uh, mm-hmm. When he started doing my Heavenly Realms novels, the audiobook for that, The he gave a bunch of accents. He's English, but he does a bunch of really great accents beyond all the UK accents, uh, Russian mm-hmm. accents, you know, and all, all sorts of stuff. And it started to inform my writing in a way. Mm-hmm. Right? Hearing these hearing these characters that I'd lived with for decades at this point. You know, interpreted by somebody else in a way that elevated the artwork. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was really cool. You know, yeah. so that is a powerful thing. You do have to have that when you're writing. I, I mean, you know, so many of us do that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Those specific voices, because it changes how you do it. Like I'd say it all the time Adam um, gave one of my villains a Scottish accent. And in my mind, He was always uh, he was always Michael Ironsides, who was like from Starship Troopers and from Total Recall and like whatever. You know, he was like this gruff American. Right. But then once he got like this Scottish accent from my narrator, it actually changed how I started writing the character Mm -hmm. from there on out. So
2: it's good. That's cool
3: to keep those accents.
0: Yeah,
1: that's
3: right. Um, do we want to let Natasha go first? Well, yeah, I was just
0: going to ask you if you you can read first, or one of us can go first. It's we usually totally rock paper scissors. W- yeah, we'll we'll okay. do rock paper scissors between us, but we always like to give the guests the option to go first if they want to.
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so I want to get to the, the the typewriter in the story because I know I don't know if you want me to read all this, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, when Adrian opened the door, but, you know, okay. Okay. So I'll start. Okay, I'll go ahead and start with okay. the to be awesome. So that you can at least get the first thing the typewriter said. Um, So when Adrian opened the door a bit more, he was instantly hit with the musty smell of a cavernous old room that was lit only by a single window dust, at least an inch in depth covered the hardwood floor throughout his steps made footprints in it as if it was snow. The boy in him considered lying down and making dust angels but of course he thought better of it and went on with his exploration. A few feet ahead, he noticed what looked like a medium sized square shaped object sitting in the middle of the floor. Curious, Adrian walked over closer to it and discovered that it was an old typewriter. It looked to be from the 1920s and had the word Royal printed prominently in gold on it. Lying on its back, Next to the typewriter was a small baby doll, undressed, but with big blue eyes fringed with black lashes and short matted blonde hair. Adrian squatted down before the antique typewriter and swept dust from the royal insignia as he inspected it, admiring how polished it was otherwise. There was a clean sheet of paper still in the carriage, seemingly waiting for the next word to be typed on it. But Adrian resisted the temptation to press the pristine glass-covered keys. Instead, he merely grinned at it, stood, and turned away from the relic to see what else he could find. Adrian was four paces away from the typewriter when the carriage suddenly, harshly shifted to the left on its own. Startled as the loud noise, I'm sorry, startled as the loud sound of the carriage banging the end of the heavy metal typewriter echoed throughout the attic. Adrian hastily turned to face the machine. He was stiff with fear as the keys began to press down. The carriage moved to the right with each one, and black letters slowly appeared on the white sheet of paper. Once a short paragraph was completed, the creepy typing stopped. For a while, both the typewriter and Adrian stood in complete silence. Finally, curiosity won him over. He gingerly approached the apparently haunted typewriter, squatted down again, and read its words. You long for a mother's love. That is why you married her. The miscarriage of a daughter was a relief. She is to love no one or nothing except what you Orphaned at two months of age by a teenage mother, and because it was also true that his wife Lucinda had suffered a miscarriage early in their marriage, Adrian was rightfully astonished by the words typed in black and white on the sheet of paper before him. The accuracy was uncanny, but he still could not believe what was happening. He said, who are you? He questioned the machine. Is this some sort of a bloody gag? Because he's English. Um, bloody gay Um, the typewriter's carriage shifted harshly to the left again another paragraph was quickly typed before his blue eyes you resent your biological mother though you may say that you understand her reason for leaving you you resent that she went on to marry and have more children so Mm. that's
2: Mm.
1: that's, yeah that's that's good (laughs)
0: that's a cool scene that's a really cool scene. Uh,
1: what inspired that, Natasha? Well, you um there was a writing prompt with the typewriter club live. Yeah. Um, I don't remember if it was about haunted typewriters. I don't remember what what your typewriter says to you. I forget, I'm sorry. But I wrote this story for that. And I also yes. wrote a story about what would you uh, a typewriter going to hell for an interview to interview the devil. <laughs> and you know the devil's um the devil's right hand man, you know who it is who it is, right? Every time. Who's the devil's right hand man? Hitler. Yep, that's it.
0: A <laughs> <laughs> good it. choice. <laughs>
2: well, you know, it's <laughs> tough to be. I was gonna say <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds as Hitler. Ryan Reynolds as Hitler. dare you, sir? How dare oh you.
3: <laughs> that's uh that's cool. You know, it kind of reminds me of um uh just um, as far as like visually, it reminds me of – did you ever watch the show Fringe?
2: Yeah, that's what I was Fox? thinking. No, I haven't.
3: Fringe was a cool show. It kind of – in a weird way, it kind of actually was like Coljack Jack the Night Stalker and, in that it like was a successor to the X-Files. But there was like this uh, – without going too much into it. It was um, a similar scene. It was a very similar scene where like you could go into this special room and there was this typewriter that you could communicate with an alternate dimension and there was somebody on a typewriter in an alternate dimension and so like the typewriter would type backwards and you had to read it like through a through mirror. a mirror yeah it was poised and you could like ask it questions it, it's really it was cool was cool. like i think it was in like the first or second uh season i think yeah. the second yeah. season like first couple episodes of the second season fringe very very cool show you'd probably really dig it yeah it, it's kind of got that twilight zone kind of vibe you see, I love it.
1: The twilight zone, so that's kind of the where I got that from because it's, it's my couple Lucinda and, and Adrian but I like anyway, that more your,
3: your concept is uh, that's really cool have you ever thought about like developing that into something more than just like a, a competition entry
1: Um. yeah I mean I'm writing the their um, courtship now for Nano NaNoWriMo so I can finish that and yeah. then um, after that I'm going to write the marriage so the stuff they go through during their marriage and then the end which yeah, is yeah. kinda sad, but you
2: know, yeah, know. Yeah. But
1: uh, but yeah, so that's um it's an ongoing thing. And these typewriters are the reason. I mean, I've done every you know, except for the Nano Remo. Um the beginning of that was with the computer, you know, of the oh, um sure. Adrian and Lucinda. So that's that part of it is computerized. Um but the rest of it as far as the marriage counseling and stuff like that, I wanted to type it. Oh, let me explain that because I wanted the marriage counseling to look like the secretary is typing it that's that's what that's what the correlation to typewriters oh in. i see or okay back then in yeah. 1933 whenever he took his notes you know any man of importance or what, you know well back yeah. then being have a secretary mm-hmm. they yeah. would have the secretary type up all their notes yeah. they were writing like he'll be up there writing scribbling the secretary has to go and type all this mess up so yeah. that's what he's doing um sharon is actually typing these, not me you understand like that's
3: yeah. what it is. that's cool gotcha i just think you could do like a whole you could do a whole thing off of like a, a haunted typewriter that or whatever it was this just a super a haunted
1: typewriter story to make it a series is that, is that what you're
3: saying yeah like if you did something uh-huh. where like there was just like this spooky typewriter that cut straight to the heart of your psychology and could predict your f- future like your involvement with tarot you know and like what if you had like different typewriters that all had supernatural qualities to it? like i don't know maybe it's cheesy but it sounds really no i actually have ideas i think it's really awesome about haunted typewriters
1: if you each typewriter in here had a story and somehow i could tell its own story
0: yeah yeah and maybe they had like
3: you know different supernatural qualities to them yeah yeah like this little guy from
0: the 20s i just wonder what was typed on this who owned it? What is their story? It's got like an Al
3: Capone gangster soul in it. You yeah, know, it's got
0: probably yeah, <laughs> the bootleggers. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: You
0: know? yeah.
1: That's what I want to <laughs> know. Like because even further in this story right here, um, I do write about it's a a bit of a um, well, it's revealed to him that his best friend has a crush on him who is in love with him. So oh, the typewriter yeah. told him that. Yeah. And he's a guy. So and this was in nineteen yeah. what year? I didn't tell you the year, did I? No. um this was 1962 1962.
0: you told us the year of the typewriter you
1: said it was a 1910 right 10. the, role, the yeah, the typewriter is a 1920s oh. typewriter 1920s but the 20s. story itself is from 1962. that's okay.
0: a cool concept cool.
1: for a story natasha
2: very cool neat.
1: yeah
0: thank you all right man well we got to see who goes next oh yeah yeah we always rock paper scissors for it i <laughs> usually always, chill, use, yeah
3: you know, so one two three shoot. Uh, Oh, but I always lose. see Nick has a pattern for all of these (laughs) and I'm just like kind of dumb. So I never pick up on the patterns. I just get lucky
0: and I'm a new I'm a new author. I've only been doing this for like two years. And the only thing I've really written is like a middle grade. It's a kid's fantasy series.
3: He's written a lot. Like, whatever. He's done. I'm
0: trying. I haven't been writing for like a decade and a half like Jonathan. But I'm I'm, I'm cutting my teeth on all this. So. This is obviously oriented. Is way to way more successful. Kids so. are my audience. Kids yeah. are my audience. Oh, you do a uh, young adult? I've done one young adult uh, novel.
3: Supernatural kind of thriller, yeah. young adult. It was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, it yeah. was fun. Yeah. It was fun. But most fun. of
3: his stuff is what you would call like middle grade, I guess. Like yeah, Harry middle Potter grade. Age. Yeah, 8 to 13. Yeah. yeah. Wow, and then you I did see, a
0: young adult.
1: Was that? You see, I, I could do that. I I, I can't. One day I'm going to write a, a book for kids. I, my books, you know, they – It's tough, Uh, yeah, yeah, to try to walk that line to not get
0: right
3: to not talk about the things you're, yeah. I I crossed the line a
0: couple times and had to be corrected by my wife, like, that's too graphic, that's too violent, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't think about go back and change it. It's hard, man. I can't do it. It is hard. I wouldn't be too worried about those instances Mm because you know, if you have people you trust, they can call you out on those, but the majority of it. Is really easy for me because I feel like I'm still a kid in a lot of ways. I just love. Weird.
3: I don't know if you've noticed that or not, Natasha. Or I you know. still. I'm, I'm 44 years old. I take middle-aged my, children.
0: I, I, I'm 44 years old. We go to Walmart or Target, and they're like, "I want to go look the at the, I want to go to the toy section." I'm like. Me too. Yeah, let's
1: go some <laughs> toys. That's just cool. That's where the cool <laughs> stuff is. They have to drag me there. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, so I'm, I'm very. Oh, much we good.
3: were so depressed when Toys R Us closed down.
1: Oh. You know. well, me too. I was bummed on that because my daughter only got a touch of it. A touch of it. I, yeah. See, Do yeah, you remember the memories going ago. to Toys R Us? We got a bit of it. You know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh. All right. So. Here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> One more sip. Just got to get
3: prepared. Yeah. Okay.
0: Nigel tucked his shirt in and fastened his belt as tight as he could. He wrapped his knit scarf around his neck twice before locking it into place with his heaviest winter coat. It was a thick black puffy coat his grandma had purchased for him at Target. Apparently, she had little faith in Nigel's own mother to provide essentials. The coat made it difficult to bend over and lace up the snow boots, so off it all had to come. And he redressed himself in order after his footwear was applied. Underneath the boots, Nigel had a double layer of wool socks. He had he had stolen these socks from his stepdad's dresser. Stepdad would never notice and wasn't even home that night. It was his shift at the local fire department. It was just Nigel and mom who was nuking another frozen pizza for them to split. As mom stared at the glass microwave door, no doubt daydreaming about a tropical beach and a kid-free vacation, (laughs) Nigel thumped through the kitchen, fully dressed to take on the deep winter night's chill. And where do you think you're going? Mom asked. Pizza is almost ready. Nigel didn't miss a step or slow down as he replied, I need some air. I'm going for a ride. (laughs) It's eight o'clock, Nigel. It's pitch black and freezing outside. Hardly the weather for a bike ride. I'm not taking my bike, Nigel said, matter of factly. Then what are you planning? uh, What are you planning on riding, sweetie? A snowboard? Dragon.
2: (laughs) Nigel said. Sure.
0: The very word rumbled from his tongue. It's gravitas perfectly matching the dark look hovering over his red eyebrows mom chuckled his imagination drove him to do dangerous things sometimes but it was enduring and delightful and she was grateful that their portion of poverty hadn't crushed his spirit or enthusiasm for make-believe still it was too cold for her eight-year-old son to go wandering outside and play alone let me grab my coat mom said Hmm. we can eat when we come back inside nigel stopped with his hand on the doorknob this was unexpected mom was going with him i don't think you'll have fun with me and drake it gets pretty intense (laughs) nigel said drake mom asked as she slipped her final arm into the coat sleeve nigel didn't answer but raised his red eyebrow in an are you kidding me arch oh right mom said the dragon well I'm still going whether you think I can handle it or not. <laughs> I was a kid once too, you know, she said. Nigel sighed, thinking, suit yourself, and yanked the door open. The winter wind blasted into the living room, howling like a bull ice demon. <laughs> Mom began to cave into her second thoughts, but before she could say anything or do anything, Nigel leapt into the snowy blitz. The visibility was zero, and Nigel vanished from her sight, only feet from the front door. Panic crawled up her spine, and she bolted out the door, yelling for her son. She sprinted straight towards the street, though she couldn't see it. Nigel was nowhere to be found. She dashed to her left towards the driveway and tripped over something thick and black, like a charred log dropped from the sky. As she puzzled at the object... It slid away from her and vanished into the white sheet of snow slashing across her vision. "'Up here, Mom,' said Nigel. It was Nigel's voice, and it did indeed come from above her. "'Nigel, where are you? I can't see you,' she said. The fear in Mom's voice struck a compassionate chord in her son's brain, so he replied in a loud, low voice, "'Down, Drake!' (laughs) Four heavy thuds in the lawn shook the icicles loose from the gutters. Then all at once the snow stopped blowing in a rage as the giant black leather wings that had been s- disturbing them stopped their beating and folded <laughs> alongside a massive creature, atop which, with one leg dangling on each side of its long spiked nat- at neck, sat Nigel. <laughs> Little booger had a dragon after
2: all. <laughs> I read that to
0: my daughter, Eva May, like right after I wrote it earlier yeah. today. And she's like, oh, dad, we got to turn that into a book. <laughs> so she's created this world already. She's created oh, this yeah. world. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, she's already been the inspiration for one of, uh, one of Nick's books in his Traveler's League series. More
0: than an inspiration. She actually wrote the she whole. She wrote it. She wrote right. the whole storyline and the story structure. By Nick she actually drew a comic strip and stick figures of every single thing that happened, every beat of the story structure. And I'm like, <laughs> let's write it and publish it. Yeah, let's roll with it. it. Yeah. That's yeah, great.
2: Yeah, whole story. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah. She's way more creative than me. Ah,
2: she's funny, yeah.
3: man. They're they're cool. That's a that is a cool thing about uh what Nick does with his uh with his middle grade fiction, is he Like it started off as being um, bedtime stories for his kids, and then he kept his kids involved throughout the whole process, you know, Mm -hmm. to the point where, like, one of them, the Hacker Jack series, Mm -hmm. I think, is uh, like the two main characters are his kids, yeah. So, you know, it's just, yeah, easy inspiration. You know,
0: good yeah. for you, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's called being I have for I have the yeah. audience like in my home, like like my target audience. <laughs> I live with. <laughs> oh, right. So and as the they get as they the the get old school mom. Yeah. The, the approver.
3: Yeah. The approver. Yeah. The right.
0: gatekeeper. Yeah. So, yeah. But as they get older,
1: I'll probably write for older ages. Yeah. 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 See, one thing okay. I need to do as far as a child's book is probably I told Margo, I'm going to write this book one day whenever I get inspired to do it. Cause she'll ask me questions. I'll tell her about the time I went to school with dinosaurs.
2: <laughs> so,
1: I always tell her, yeah, the dinosaurs used to sit with us, but you know, one day, you know, they couldn't sit with us no more. They started acting up and, you know, they started trying to bite <laughs> people and eat them. And it couldn't do, it. you know, just stuff like that. I'll just make up, and then lunchtime came and they had to sit separate from us. And they, you know, yeah. segregated. <laughs> and then, yeah, So I want to yeah. do something silly like that, you know,
0: <laughs> the T Rex doesn't play any games. He takes the substitute teachers out mm-hmm. for yeah. recess. Substitute teachers gone. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah he's yeah, a hard running. time
0: carrying his lunch train <laughs> Yeah, because of his tiny little
3: hands.
1: Yeah, <laughs> he couldn't grab the book, so I tell her he would get frustrated because he couldn't. Grab the <laughs> that's why he was so angry. <laughs> you know? Yeah, because <laughs> yes. of his tiny little hands.
2: Yes. You know? Yeah. The yeah, Lost Raptors were always weird, playing you know? tricks
0: on him.
3: And she you would know? just
2: laugh. Be like, dang, for real? That's like well, a great I don't idea. Know? That's you gotta
0: really do cute. it you gotta yeah.
2: do it you gotta
3: write that i want to. uh i want to give a, a say good night to adam real quick he's uh he's a real trooper man he's been hanging with us this whole time over in the uk oh. but i think it's probably like two the morning. it's like 1 30 there yeah so, <laughs> good night adam love you buddy is uh he's got to get to bed so yeah. um that's awesome all right cool mine is a rant so but Uh-oh. i did keep it to one page so you know I'm trying to say... Yeah,
0: single-spaced and micro-font.
3: Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I barely
0: know how to love
3: the typewriter I've had for 20 years, is all I'm saying.
0: And this is on the Royal?
3: Yeah, this is on the
2: Royal,
3: yeah. Uh, Okay, here we go. It's been a month since I've had a cigarette. And honestly, I murder every one of you. (laughs) 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 Yeah, right? They say these things get easier with time, but having quit three times now, I can tell you that lighting up is like a fish being released back into the water. Mm. I don't want to smoke. I know it's bad for me. My lungs suffer. I snore. I lose sleep. I gain weight. I smell bad. And it makes me a bit of a social pariah. But to have those few minutes of blissful escape or the reward with mexican trumpets sounding in my imagination can hardly be replaced society is quick to scold you for such things while offering zero reward or alternative ask a doctor about how to mitigate the effects and gain a battle strategy and they will trot out the same tired cliches try the patch the gum or this pill they never want to discuss alternative forms of tobacco use, or which cigarettes might have less tar and nicotine. They never want to work with you to discuss how to change up your habits. Oh no, it's just the same tired BS coming from an overpaid, overeducated fool who sees you as nothing more than a lucrative obstacle to his next tea time. And they wonder why smokers are a hard nut to crack. Maybe if you tried a little, you pompous twits. The hard truth is that they don't have an answer, merely corporate sponsorships. No one else has an answer either, just judgment and condemnation. There is no real 12-step program for smokers. No hypnotist really works forever. And even Chantix only goes so far. The real reason why society hates smokers is because you people all know that you don't have an answer. It shines a light on your incompetence and failure. Yet you will lob your slings and arrows at me from behind your diet Cokes, your booze, and your bacon fat. Spare me your righteous indignation, you meandering fops, you feckless paper tigers. Your sympathy for meth addicts is strong because you have state-sponsored solutions. But there is nothing for the cools crowd or the Marlboro cowboy who must live with the void of his sacrifice— or condemn himself to the disgraceful death with every strike of a match. And what's more, you people don't appreciate what smoking affords you. In particular, your safety. There is a thin white smoldering line between your throat and my red right hand. Do you know how many times your asses have been spared by my pack of Marlboro ultralights? You pissy little pampered attitudes perpetuate in fragile safety thanks to my death stick abbot. But now I've quit, so perhaps the fiery hedge of protection has been lifted. You insisted I quit, therefore the barrier is gone. You reap what you sow. Flame on. (laughs) that's so good good. Chantix really does work by the way like I had two rounds of Chantix and by God it better work considering how much you have to pay for it like Natasha have you ever like known anybody who's taken the the Chantix drug to quit smoking
1: no when I quit smoking I just quit like it just you know what's weird with me I was driving one day I used to smoke cigarettes I didn't really smoke them often, but when I smoked, it was for stress. You know, it was a stressful yeah. moment. Oh, sure. Yeah. So I was looking at the cigarette one day. I said, Does this have any nutritional value whatsoever? Yeah. And I just stopped. I mean, Good but you. I can't say I perfectly stopped. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe a couple of years later, I, I had a friend who smoked, and I just pick up a cigarette and smoke with them, you know? Yeah. And I yeah. still have, I'll be honest with you, there's a pack of Marlboro Blacks in my purse right now. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right now, but that only smoke like socially, like if I'm and but that's rare now because of COVID again, when I was, oh, yeah. and I had e-cigarettes like electronic cigarettes and electronic mm-hmm. cigars and stuff like that. But right now yeah. I have that little pack in there in case of stress or whatever, because COVID kind of kicked that back in. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I'm not a regular smoker. No, I haven't smoked in. Ooh like that one cigarette I smoked maybe 6
3: months ago. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I've had one well, friend who was smoke regular and then I
1: just stopped. stopped. You know, that's, that's the awesome. funny thing like
3: it's very rare but you will find people like that. I have I've had one friend who was like you Natasha in that regard mm-hmm. with cigarettes where like he would have one maybe every other time I saw him which was like mm-hmm. once every couple months. He just didn't have that gene that habit gene in him. But then yes. at the same time, you know, there are like, I'm the same way that you are with cigarettes. I'm the same way with alcohol. Like, uh, me too. I,
1: yeah, I'm like that. Yeah,
3: yeah, like, you know, it just doesn't stick. But for yeah. some people, for a lot of people, it tends to really stick. You're serious, yeah.
0: You know, um, notice how quiet I'm being over here.
3: <laughs> but the, but the that's you. the thing. Like, I don't want to
0: admit my problems. Dude,
3: I'll tell oh. you right now, man. Like, <laughs> Chantix, that drug that they give you, like, first of all, it's super expensive. Um, I had really good insurance through Cigna when I got my prescriptions from mm-hmm. them, and I got two, and even with my really good, I mean, like most prescriptions that I got maybe cost me like $5, if not free at Walmart. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how good, like, so even with that, it still was like 300 bucks for a month, for a Jeez. month's supply, 300 bucks, and then that's, and then you add on like a, or no, it was like 500 after insurance and then with a coupon it bumped it down to like 300. So like wow. I, it's crazy expensive. Yeah. but it really does work in that like it really does kind of like rewire your brain mm-hmm. to not um to not have any sort of sensory pleasure from the act of smoking. You still have like the psychological aspect of it you know that you have to fight like you know there's not a lot you can do about that but but yeah man i mean hmm. you know it's just but the problem is like it's societally it's not outlawed you know so like while while it's not socially preferred it's still socially acceptable no yeah. one's gonna arrest you or give you a ticket for you know yeah having a cigarette you yeah know? so it's so insidious but like man doctors just, they would frustrate me because i would go to them and i would be like you know all right so you know i'm i'm in my late 30s like I've been smoking for probably 15 years now or close to 15 years. You know, I know I need to quit obviously like it's not doing me any favors. It's, you know, but like, let's, let's be realistic because I've quit twice before uh, when I was trying to get into the Marines. And then again, when I was trying to get into law enforcement, I was having to run a whole lot. And so I'm not a runner. I mean, I'm a fat kid at heart. So like, I don't like to run, (laughs) you know? And so like, I was able to quit then because I had an objective. But now this third time, you know, I'm way too old for any of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. so like I tried to ask my doctor, what are some ways, you know, what cigarettes, you know, are less. I know they're all bad. I thank you. I get that. Mm -hmm. What's like less bad than the others? And what are some other things that I could do? And they didn't really have any answer. They were just like, I don't know. Just try the patch. You know, try the gum, you know, or I'll just write you a prescription for Chantix, you know.
1: Well, see, that that's why when I was waitressing, I went for the e-cigarettes because most of my waitress co-workers, they smoked the regular ones or weed. Yeah,
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, <laughs> I would go for the e-cigarette and I feel like I was just like everybody else, you know. So the e-cigarette, mm-hmm. even though that's still like a vaping type thing and vaping good right. either, yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. I mean, that, that didn't do anything. Yeah, you know,
3: the trick is I figure I, I kind of want to like get into weightlifting and I want to turn into like Arnold Schwarzenegger or like Hugh Jackman. You could the Wolverine. Yeah. You know, and yeah. just have a cigar, you know, because you yeah. don't inhale the cigar. Yeah, yeah. So it's not affecting your pulmonary system. So your stamina is still good. You know, yeah. I mean, yes, I'll die of mouth cancer at like 60, but, you know, whatever.
2: Like
0: Grant, like Ulysses S. Grant. Right. Ugh. You
3: know, yeah. So. Whatever, in good company.
0: But right? I don't understand that. You know, Ulysses S. Grant and Mark Twain yeah. were like super close friends. Yeah. Both smoked cigars like a chimney. Yeah. One got the cancer, one didn't.
3: Yeah, it's it's a total
1: crapshoot.
0: Yeah, you don't yeah. know. It really is. Well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Best yeah. just not to do it, man. That's yeah. awesome.
1: Roger Moore smoked cigarettes since he was in the army in the forties, right? Yeah. And and he started doing the persuaders with uh, Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis showed him pictures of people's lungs with cigarettes and stuff like that. And he said, yeah. oh, I'm not going to smoke no more. I'm just yeah. switching over to cigars. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how he got into his cigars. And then he smoked cigars, cigars, cigars. But, you yeah. know, he, had, he did have a cancer scare. And he had cancer. He eventually died of um, the uh, cancer that most men, uh, um, what is it? Um,
3: pancreatic cancer? Prostate?
1: Pancreatic, prostate, yes. I'm sorry. Yes, prostate pancreatic. cancer. So, yeah, you know, I, it, he did have cancer off and on. You know, yeah. Even mm. with the cigars, but he felt like it was safer for the, him to smoke cigars. So, that's
3: the irony of it. I mean, yeah, in a weird way, you know, it may be, honestly. I don't know. Um, but I remember seeing a picture. I tried showing our dad. Our dad died of lung cancer. Yeah. And um, yeah. I tried. Lifelong uh, smoker. Yeah. Since 10. Yeah. You know, grew up in like the sticks in North Georgia, like dirt floors in the 40s and 50s. Yeah. Is that yeah, right? dirt poor yeah. yeah like his parents used to leave him and his brother's cigarettes cut up cigarettes for them to to share have while they were gone yeah you know I mean, it's, it's a crazy. different world back yeah. then you know yeah. Yeah. yeah but um but i remember showing him a picture of uh you know smokers lungs charred lungs you know mm-hmm. and and it sticks with me to this day i still remember showing it to him mm-hmm. you know and and like that really does, yeah, the same thing that worked for Roger Moore, man. Like it does carry some weight when you see what it does to you. Our
0: our you grandmother know? his his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, our grandmother died with snuff in her lip. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. Oh, uh, my aunt uh, Rosie used to dip snuff too. Yeah. And she was spit it in a can. Yeah, the one that sold. yeah, she, yep. she was gonna... spitting in a can. Yeah, yep. in a can. Uh, Nanny did right. that. Yep. You yeah. Yeah. liked the smell of it before. You know, I like the smell of the the snuff. But I wouldn't yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah well you
0: know it's funny it, it brought back memories when i was reading your book uh, about that snuff factory oh
2: you know, yeah the snuff factory yeah.
0: that thing. i'm like oh that reminds me that of, of course they did all kinds of tobacco products in that factory but it i uh, thought man i remember nanny dipping snuff just that fine powder she put in her lip and then oh, didn't she, she had oh. one tooth yeah, that she, she held on to yeah, she held man. on to that one tooth and it would just bless her heart
3: down her yeah oh, bless your oh, heart a little yeah, traumatizing man. when you're like Three, four years old. you oh, know, yeah. And she wants to give you a kiss.
0: Man, I don't blame yeah.
3: you
2: for
0: all the yeah. times. All the times when you had that hospice job. All the times you called it. I can't imagine. That's a tough. A game. more a tough not game. not soul sucking, just depressing, hard to go to. Yeah. Job so crushing. Being in ho- hospice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's helped. a tough we game. The,
1: the most most mostly, I had the paperwork. I didn't see the patients, but you did talk to them sometimes and stuff like that. Yeah. um and then you had people who got to know them, but you know the paperwork was pretty stressful and then they be like so-and-so died well you got to take their paperwork and put it in a different section so you know when that person mm-hmm. died that you may have talked to on the phone mm-hmm. so. yeah it's tough
2: i know
0: i know well man we really enjoyed talking with you and uh yeah, i got th- awesome i got yeah. two
1: questions yeah, I, that... I mean i can stay here all day and do this really
0: <laughs> we could oh, too right,
1: right yeah
2: well, I've got
0: two two questions for you that we asked. Uh, we've asked most of our guests. The oh, first yeah. one is, "What are you working on next? What's coming out next? Yeah, for yeah you? what
1: you got coming up?" Um, I, well, I want to finish the um Kensington Island. I want to do it as a screenplay, Kensington Island. Yeah, okay. As a screenplay and finish my screenplays up and then submit them because my best friend, I think she's out there somewhere too. Maybe in the comments, I bet. You, I wonder if she's the one that said that thing about Mr. Ed. That she knew about my crush on Will. What this, produ- <laughs> what was it slow product? It what was pre- uh, it? That's her. Yeah, because I it just that's hit her. her. I'm so <laughs> <confused>. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. we me and her have been friends for 40 years. Really she, fantastic. Yeah, this is our 40th anniversary of friendship. I hope she's still there. Um, because when she did it the first time, I didn't think about it. I am like, Mr. Ann, how's it? That's her. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I, love mean, it. I love my sis for that. That's my that's my best friend there. Okay, um, cool. Wilbur, but the to, um, yeah, she has a production company. So if I can, oh, cool. get a, um, if she works with a production. She is so. If I can get my um, tr- um, screenplay finished, I'd like to submit that and see if we can independently do something.
3: Cool. That
1: would be my so next project. There. So
3: you've been friends for forty years. See, okay, I like. You know, a gentleman never asks a lady her age, but I'll tell you. You were born it, in the same hospital. Is it what was you're it, <laughs> well. It, it threw me for a loop when you said you have a, a son who's 25 because I was running the numbers. I was like, "There's no way Natasha's that old."
2: Like, was, you know, <laughs> All right, you know. Well, she, right. she she or, she. You
0: you you give your birth year uh, in your there, biography in your there, book, there, and there, basically it's, it's same as our, our slightly older brother BJ. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Wow.
1: Around the
0: same time. You're doing actually, a lot actually, better than him, time. She's younger. Yeah, yeah, she's younger. <laughs> she's younger and he's not 50 yet.
3: Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, huh.
1: so I'm in there somewhere in the middle. Yep. Okay. <laughs>
3: somewhere in the middle. Oh, you're doing
1: something yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, my yep. best friend's four years younger than me. So, cool. and we met, I, if I can tell you a quick story about how we met. Um she, yeah. Um, used to live, like, a, it was a house next door and she was the house over there. Mm-hmm. and it was a man named mr john that was her like a a godfather um and she can say if i'm right or wrong i don't know if she's in the comments but uh he was our godfather really he was really old back then and uh he, he used to keep a cigar in his mouth and then we'd be drooling from it sometimes and <laughs> for years we called her cassandra because of him because he would say yay yeah, yes yeah, you know and, and her name is the list you know LaChandra Le- Celeste. And we'd be like, oh, her name's Cassandra. Yeah, my whole family just started calling her Cassandra. I don't know where I got that from. My name is LaChandra Celeste. I was like, oh, oh <laughs> Yes, <it's coming."> here <laughs> it comes. Um, so when I met her, first met her, I was playing in my yard, and she walked up to me, and she was smaller than She was down there, and she was only four, and I was eight. And um I said, What does little kid wanna play with me for? What What's she <laughs> like, we were both only kids. We're both only children, and Mark Harbin, the guy that went with me to these houses, he's an only child too. Oh, cool. And we should do an only child um group or something. And, and Robin is yeah, an no only child too. All of us are only children. So anyway, um, she um, me and her started playing together after that and um hanging out and stuff. So yeah, I mean she and and That's now cool. she's taller than me. Like she she grew up and was like oh, way. Of
2: yeah, well, that's funny how it. that works. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. man, that's awesome. It's so rare to have uh, a lifelong friend like
1: that. That's really cool. Yeah,
0: yeah that's
3: awesome.
1: We Especially talk every day, you know. I mean, because you know, life yeah. is life. but um, yeah. it's like when we do talk, it's like we pick up where we left off, like nothing changed. nothing happened. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's yeah. a real friend. That's yeah, awesome. that's cool. That's really cool. That's My second cool. question is, um. You want to come back? We'd love to have you yeah, on again. Can we
3: have you back
2: sometime? Yeah, sure, I'll do that. Yeah,
0: that'd be great. Yeah. I mean, we're, of course, we still. I mean, we chat on Instagram all the time. Yeah. I follow your page, and I think everyone should. Under at uh, is it? Do you pronounce it Najo? Type life is that right? Well,
1: you know, Najo is a combination Nathan. of the boys' names because that was before Marco was even thought about. Um, so it's Nathan and Jordan. So it's Najo. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's, cute. that's Najo type, type life. Too. That's where it came from. Was my fashion design. So that's my designer label. That's
2: awesome.
3: Very cool. So you got, uh, let's see, um, you have your Instagram handle. Are you on Twitter also? Uh,
1: yeah, oh. I am. I'm Najo 1973. So that told on me too. So it's <laughs> <laughs> you're only ten years <laughs> older than me. Come on. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Uh,
3: okay, Najo 1973 on Twitter, and then you got a YouTube channel also, correct?
1: Yes. Um, that's Najo Photography. Natasha Rawls, Najo Photography. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And then, do you have any <laughs> Facebook pages where people can find you? I
1: do. It's um, Najo Designs. Najo Design. That's my personal account. Um, oh, no, I have a book account, um, yeah. and all that, but it's just too much. Like you say, it's too much to keep up with. I can't. am yep. like, I can't keep doing this. I need somebody to help me with. Uh, with you know, that I for have
3: it. a. I have a good friend uh, who's a big believer in me, despite myself and
2: (laughs) all the reasons I convince her not to me,
3: but uh, she's like a big marketing guru. And she really helped me by um, by helping me consolidate all of that stuff into one singular brand that would be easy to find across everything, like with one single name uh, and making it more of an umbrella so that because I'm you know, it's so easy to get like fragmented where you yeah. have like, especially in your case, because you're so diverse. Yeah. What you do you so have. many like, things. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got your fashion, you know, and you have your photography and then you have your novels, um, you know, that sort of thing. If you ever want any help, let me know. And I could put you in touch with her because she would love to work with you. And, and uh, she's. Yeah, I appreciate
1: a bit I'm going to see about that. Yeah. So,
3: and then you also have two novels out, correct?
1: Um. well, uh, three actually Uh um, they're three? on um they're, i'll explain that. um they're on amazon first is yeah. the first book would be the 15 year ish yep okay. did you and do the covers old. for these also yourself yeah, i drew yeah i made the covers I, this is um publishing uh what do you call it um independent publishing or whatever yeah. up, amazon
3: uh, kdp that's how we do yes. ours yeah kdp
1: yeah yep and then yep. this is the second book to this book which is um scratch the sequel to the 15 year itch. I purchased the cover for this. I didn't make this cover. I didn't shoot it. But this oh, one yeah. is my original painting. I
0: From like that.
1: Oh, cool. that one. Yeah. Um so that right there I purchased that. And then the third book is scarred, which I'm working on as well. I need to put that in Nano Remo too, nano Rimo mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make myself go ahead and finish that. Um, so but next would be the screenplay like I said. And then the third book is something it's an interesting storyline as well. And my best friend said that she would be most interested in me doing a screenplay for and I started um, okay. is something um, called The Relationship Contract. Hmm. Um, and so out on um, Amazon, too, it's like a smaller novel, more like a novella. These are more like novellas. Yes. Um, novellas. And I also have an erotic, a vintage erotic story that's on. Oh, <laughs> on, on Amazon as well. Um, it's called One Hell of a Performance. Um, <laughs> oh, cool! Oh, I saw that
0: one. It's got a picture of like a motel
1: yes. on the outside. Uh-huh. The motel side. Yeah. And I saw that. Yeah, yeah, okay. yep. um, Adrian and Lucinda are the couple in the in there, and that they, they get they get down. <laughs> <laughs> they get down. <laughs> <In> the hotel, <laughs> she always wanted to know what it was like because they're rich. They're you know they're both successful people, and they've never been. She's never slept in a like regular motel. And so she's oh, yeah. on their way home from their vacation home. Slumming it, like, baby. They're slumming. Yeah. yeah. So she, like, yeah. I don't know what it's like to be in one of those one night. So- <laughs> one of the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. so she They do that, but then he's for adventure and he's like, okay, I don't want to go in there, you know, cause I know what's up. You know, I'm just giving you a synopsis. And um, so they get in there and, you know, foolishness ensues um as you can see there's an eye in the in the there's an eye in there in the oh yeah book on the cover nice. well that's because you know people always say when you go into these hotels it could be somebody, somebody watching it. you baby well yeah. yeah and so but instead of being scared they kind of you
3: know, they're into
1: it yeah <laughs> uh-huh so the excitement you know? that they've been looking interesting. for interesting <laughs> uh-huh. <To> <laughs> put, put on yes. one
3: performance that I'm they'll never forget it.
1: That's what he said, and that's one hell of a performance. Yeah. <laughs> that's
3: awesome. <laughs> and then um, and then your nonfiction book is uh abandoned north and south.
1: Oh Memphis. yes,
2: Memphis. And yes. I've been
1: approved for um Infra- Memphis and in Infrared. My um publisher said I could do that, so that's another thing I'm working on right now too. I'm sorry really? I didn't cool. mention So I was approved by them to do a um Memphis and in infrared
3: yeah that's cool. And can people find this on Amazon, or should they go to uh America Through Time's they can website? Go through both,
1: yeah. Okay, uh, Amazon. Uh, even Target's website had them, but they sold out. Nice. I don't know if they got really back. Yeah, Target. That's web- a good
0: problem. Uh, yeah, dang. Yeah,
3: that's
1: uh, pretty awesome. Mobile up here, uh, up yeah. to from me on Germantown. Yeah, um, they had them physically in the store. Wow, yeah. Man, that's cool. Awesome. So you can get this in brick and mortar. Yeah, you maybe. Yeah, but I know in Little Rock uh, they couldn't. A couple of my friends went and looked, and they couldn't find them in there. Well, so it's a it beautiful book in Tennessee um, that is in the store. I don't know, but it's just check out your local um, Barnes and Noble, see if it's there because it is here. Yeah.
3: And if it's nothing awesome. else, they can always special order it. And I could see yeah, why exactly. it was sold out because it's a beautifully produced book. Yeah, it really is. So yeah. Natasha Rawls, you are amazing. You are a true Renaissance woman. You have a beautiful eye. For photography your fashion Mm -hmm. is impeccable and we love your typewriter fascination (laughs) totally gets in to us that scratch is a major itch so we've been just we've been blown
1: away this is awesome yeah
3: it's been a lot of fun and honor to have you thank
1: you thank you you so much
2: yeah
0: you're welcome and we look forward to next time i know there are more stories to tell
1: yeah
0: and uh would love to maybe in a couple months reach out to you again and if you have the time and maybe after the holidays yeah. Uh, do this again because this is awesome and we'd love to see what's going on with you next year and yeah if that's definitely. all right with you we'll we'll catch up with you then yeah
1: yeah definitely i would love to y'all it's been fun for real thank you awesome. you bet thank you well, and we'll, we'll you, of Natasha. course we'll
0: see you in the uh, instagram sphere yeah of course yeah. as well <laughs>
1: <laughs> awesome
0: you. all right you have a great night and we'll talk to you later see you, right, you too, bye Well, that's it for this episode, guys. We would love it if you tell your friends about the show. Maybe leave us a good review. And also consider becoming an honorary Gosling. An official exclusive membership to the Gosling gets you exclusive access to interviews and conversations that we can't have on YouTube. Plus, you'll get free digital downloads of some of our books and excerpts and writing. Uh, also, and check this out, you get to participate in a live monthly Discord chat with us. Uh, we do this once a month now. Um, all this plus more if you join our community on Patreon for just $5 a month. I mean, that's nothing. $5 a month, it's a cup of coffee. So go to patreon.com forward slash the goslings and sign up today. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and strike down the darkness.